In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them. But the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, They all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, for there may not be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off to buy it, the bridegroom came. Those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards the virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The word of the Lord. This is um this gospel, not that this was on purpose, but this gospel is spot on with the concert I went to last night down the Ben Sound. Church is called Christian Life Church. Oh, you went there? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, Danny Gokey. Well, he was the artist, but there were two other ones. He was yeah. the big biggest of the three. Yeah. Because he's been around for longer, all the songs. But if you've never been to a Christian concert, um, this this particular artist, Danny Gokey, um, he'll do all the songs, um, new ones, older ones. And I would say about one-fourth of his entire performance is, is preaching sure. about the gospel. And it's, I don't know if he read this gospel, but I felt like he did. <laughs> because the biggest thing he talked about is the fact that, like, nothing's guaranteed. We have so many blessings in our lives. And the one thing he focused on, and one of his songs is, um, Tell My Heart to Beat Again. Tell My Heart to Beat Again. I think that's the, the title of it, but I know it's, if not, it's, it's, um, it's part of the chorus. And, um... We have to focus on the blessings we have each and every day. And he just went into the basics. The fact that he said, I'm walking on this stage right now. I can actually see you. Um, I can taste my next meal. And he talked about people who can't do those things. So he focused on that and he said, today, my heart was beating. I'm actually alive. We have to focus on that because, like, like this gospel, nothing is guaranteed. We're not guaranteed to be here physically tomorrow. None of us. So just like in the gospel, I think we have to prepare, but the question is, what can we do? There's so many things we can do, but that's maybe a discussion for today. What can we do to, to prepare? Because we never know when it's, when it's going to happen to us. It's, it's interesting because um, it's not that I hope, but I often, I, I don't hope for this, but I think it would be easier for me if I diagnosed with some terminal cancer or something or whatever because then I I said I would just I'm 
just go and lock myself up in some monastery or some. Really? I would just. Oh yeah. You're you're you really like that monastery. Because it would be it would be so <laughs> it would be so easy at that point to just say okay all right there I'm going to be, you know it's done I really have a singular focus right. That I you're, have hi to, you're hiding from the world. I have to get there. No no I'm just I'm saying you have to get your soul in shape you have to figure it out and that's mm. what I'm saying it would be very easy to do it as opposed to like Tom saying you know when you're in the world it's hard to be uh, not of the world right. Of course. So that's what I'm saying. So if you got that kind of thing, you know, some people would say, "Oh, I gotta go on a world cruise. I'm gonna have a blast. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get all those, you know, twelve virgins that I haven't had before, or whatever." <laughs> but that's not it. It would just be like, I would just, it would get me out of the church. Yeah. Well, in a, in a way, you know, we all have a terminal illness, and we're all gonna die. Mm -hmm. and, 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 I know. Yeah. I know, but the problem is, having you know, I got bills to pay. I mean, we all have this ish, these issues, right? Yeah. Where we just we're in, we're, I, I, we're in the world. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what the gospel is. Is what you're getting at is like you know, you have, um, I, when I, and I heard, heard when I read this gospel, I was thinking about um, how some people who kind of get lulled into the world uh, sense, like you know, you're still going like the other versions, like you know. They, it's like those are people who are still going to mass, but they weren't like you know, I guess a, 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 like you know, I don't know. It's a part of them wasn't uh, like awake or like really focused on Jesus. It was like you know someone who who goes to mass and and then uh, thinks that oh I, I went to mass so I'm good as if that's all you need to do. And, it's like like it's one of those things to check off the box. Yeah, check the box. And, and so that's what I think of the foolish versions as as, <laughs> as like you know they're. They're they're at the they're waiting for the bridegroom, but they're not actually like you know they don't pray on Monday too or something like that. Right. Well, I was just it's funny you just said that. Now listen, an analogy came into my head. Right. So let's say we were all told that tomorrow or today at six o'clock the world's coming to an end. There's going to be a nuclear war. We're all going to be gone. Whatever. So I'm just thinking about this, like we're all going to want to get to a priest and say our confession, everything. So. How about the fact that the line will be so long that you might not even get to the front of the line to the priest by 6 o'clock? Yeah. What a disaster, right? But think of, that's an interesting analogy because you have the right intention even, but you didn't make it because you... I, I, I actually have heard someone call in the Catholic Answers and ask about that specific question, and they really? said that, that in those circumstances, the priest is able to give a general absolution to everyone. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, wow. well, that's interesting. Well, hopefully we won't have to try to convince the priest of that at the time. Yeah. You know? Well, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah you, you kind of never know uh, when, when, especially death is going to happen. Just thinking, uh, I remember in my twenties, there was uh, like Tom Dad got me. I don't know some stocks or whatever I bought. I'm like 26, and I'll be I'll be 55. It's like 30 years ago, and I'll never forget. It was something like, yeah, you can cash these out when you're 60. I'm like, that might as well be 10,000 a year. How's that gonna happen? I know. Now I'm like, I know exactly. Right yeah. the corner. Yeah. So you just you oh, never you never know. And I cashed those babies out when I was 30. I'm like, I'm, I'm never getting to 60. <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, it, it just reminds me of some of this stuff. Like, uh, you just don't know. So you, you better you better get your 
ultimate work, spiritual in your heart yeah. with God, you know? Yeah, However I, you do that. Yeah, yeah I, I thought about it so much more once I hit 50, is that, that like I'm 57, and then let's say if I live till I'm 80, it's only 23 years from now. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way I'm looking at it yeah. sometimes. So you got to, every day, you yeah, got to do something. Not, yeah, it's not a long time. I know, so I, it's sometimes hard not to think about it. Back to this gospel, there's always one thing that always bothered me about this gospel. Why was the bridegroom showing up at midnight? No, really, think about it. What if you went to a wedding, three o'clock wedding, the guy doesn't show up until midnight? You would have gone home and went to bed by then. Yeah, I, well, I know well, we've a, talked I, about the weddings, right? You, what, didn't we why? say that, remember, yeah. that they said, they would the tell you there's a wedding coming up, they wouldn't even tell you what time, so... You'd have they to be. Them at a time. You would have to be ready to go to the wedding, actually, even at yeah, any time much. in that period of two days or three days that they gave you that. But yeah, I don't know why. You well, I mean, I, I, something I read was uh, just to set up the, the the reason that like both the foolish and the wise virgins fell asleep, and right. they weren't at fault for falling asleep. Well, of course not. Midnight. Uh, yeah, and and uh, so that's the only reason they came late was to have that incorporated. I, I know that's that's terrible. Well, the thing is, I mean, maybe the gospel is relating it to that particular gospel. Maybe that's related to what's in Revelation is the fact that we don't know. So, I mean, weddings back then, I don't know. I, I assume they took place. They started taking place when it was light out. I'm just guessing. And they lasted for days. But, um, yeah, like today, everything's scheduled for a wedding, right? Like when it starts, like every single thing is planned. But, I mean, maybe... Christ is trying to relate that to, like, a wedding never, back then, never took place at, um, at midnight. But the thing is, I think the bridegroom is Christ, the second coming of Christ. I think it is. Is that, oh, you think that's what they're talking about? I think, guys, how about that? Like, when he keeps spoke there. I could be wrong, but, like, the bridegroom showing up at midnight is Jesus Christ by teaching that parable, is he... Is he talking about his second coming when the world will come to an end? Like, is he the bridegroom, the second coming, or no? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I read commentary that uh, talks about, um, and you guys were touching on this earlier, uh, about, like, the end of our lives. Like, you know, because we'll, at, at that judgment, you know, what's that one called? The particular judgment? Or, so it was in the context of... Um, uh, you know, you don't know when you're going to die, so mm -hmm. you got to be ready to meet Jesus because that's going to happen. Um, at least that's one of the commentaries that I read. But uh, you know, there, there's the same thing at the end of time when it's like the general judgment. When then, right. Yeah, yeah. Just this past week, um, just so you guys know, it's it's really neat. Maybe it'll inspire you guys. Is um, there's there's like three to five of us. Uh, myself and a few of my colleagues, we've been getting together on, on Mondays for about 15 minutes just to pray before school starts. And uh, conversation comes up. And this past Monday, they thought it was a heavy-duty question before classes even started. But I said, I said, guys, what, what happens after we physically die? What exactly happens? And so throughout the week, I haven't looked at it yet, but my one friend who leads it, her husband's a pastor. I'm not sure what church in this area. But I know nothing about this book, haven't even looked at it, but the title is Heaven. And Randy Alcorn, I don't know if you guys know this guy who wrote it, but I'm just... And, and then her husband, the pastor, sent me some stuff, which I glanced at. And I just want to learn more about it in terms of what... I mean, I know we physically die, I get that. But our spiritual being, like, 
what happens, where is it? And then the second calming, it's my understanding that your resurrected body is now combined, so to speak, with your spirit. I, I don't know, guys. I'm just throwing stuff out there. I'm just trying to understand it better in terms of what happens. That's all. <laughs> Who is it? Who wrote it? I don't know. I didn't even, all, all I know is I just know the guy's name in heaven. I, I didn't look at anything else. But she said this is one of the best books you can read about heaven. Mm -hmm. So I'll start reading it and see what it's about. But my next step is to send an email to Monsignor Priory, who's our pastor here at St. John's. He he was the um, the leader of um, the rectory at um, the seminary for 11 years before he came to St. John's. So he's my go-to. I've seen him in person. I, I meet with him sometimes um, online and also in person. But I'm going to ask him, Monsignor, can you just provide me with some... Like, whether it's somewhere in the Bible or any books or anything that I can learn about this more so I can understand it better. So I'll let you know what he says. Well, there's, I don't think we have an example of anybody who's going to heaven and come back. No, there's so. examples. Heaven? Yes. I know death. They made a movie heaven. about it. They made a movie about it. Well, how about a well there's a bunch out there. Yeah, a kid. Yeah. Some kid went. So his great grandfather or grandfather. Heaven is for real. But, yeah, you, don't know, but real. you don't know if it was heaven. It could have been purgatory, right? It could yeah, is anyone going to hell and come back? Yeah, that. Yeah, I doubt that. I doubt that. I it was heaven. possible too, but purgatory. Well, here, quick, quick story. I don't know the answer, <laughs> but um, uh, you know how when you're dreaming, right? And you, you know, when you wake up and you're like, I just had like a whole. Oh, what? Like a different. I just experienced a different life, right? Mm -hmm. It was like I was doing something that's a different, different life, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's what I think. That's what I think. It's it's your brain isn't even alive, but you're. That's what your spirit will be doing. Like you're gonna be just in heaven. It's a it's a different existence. Mm -hmm. We're just too, we're human, so we just we don't know what existence is other than our human existence. Mm -hmm. So. You know, as God knew us before we were born, and before we were conceived even, probably, He knows us afterwards. So it's just a different kind of... Uh, now, why the whole point about our bodies and our uh, this other existence having to reunite? I don't understand that fully, but um, like maybe they don't. Or, or they're certainly not going to do it in a physical way. If they were, that would be... It certainly would have a lot of... People are not in good shape up there with their, with their miserable bodies, right? Even if you were cremated, you'd float, float no matter as dust, I guess. But but uh, I don't know. It's um, uh, I think when you die, you're either going to go to heaven or you're going to go to purgatory or you're going to go to hell. Right. Here's a true story from this past week. Um, after that prayer gathering on Monday, um, I've been inviting another colleague. Her name is Joy. Very nice person, really into um, our faith, just like we are here. And we got talking about what happens after you die. And she recommended that one, Heaven is for Real, and I recommended 90 Minutes in Heaven. It's a book, and it was a movie also. Mm. And the guy's last name is Piper. Uh, happened, I think, in the late 1980s, I think. And um, he was declared dead for like an hour and a half, and then most of the book is um, about what he experienced. And so... So that, that happened on Monday or Tuesday when I invited her. And um, we talked about heaven. And then Thursday, two days ago, 
I normally go upstairs when I enter the building, walk the second floor, go into my room. Thursday, I walked down the first floor hallway, went into the mail room. I never do that. For some, I check my mailbox, which I almost never do because um, there's a program called Most, the Most program. It's um, the kids who have a tough time physically, mentally, emotionally, etc. They, if teachers sign up, they will take stuff in your mailbox and deliver it to you to your room. But I just signed. Let me just check my mailbox, and there was stuff in there. I don't know why they didn't deliver my stuff. I look on the table. Guess what book is on the table? I got chills. Guess what? Ninety minutes in heaven. I'm like, this is not happening. <laughs> like, who put that book there? Wow. I, I grabbed the book, I went up, Joy wasn't there yet, opened her door, we have keys for it, it's a long story, um, 12 rooms, stuck it on her desk, and then we're walking to the meeting, yesterday we had, and we both got chills talking about it, the mm -hmm. fact, what I just told you guys, that story, I'm like, oh, she hadn't, she didn't put it there? She didn't. I put it there, on no, her she desk. Didn't have, she didn't put it in the mailroom? Where did it come from? I don't know. It was sitting there on the table in the mailroom, I kid you not. Where, where we put stuff for here, free. Okay. Anybody wants us to take it? Okay. I don't know who it yeah, was. I'll good. find out in time. Maybe, maybe I won't. Oh, oh, my God. But I did read the book years ago. I did watch the movie. And um, he's a he's a minister somewhere in this country now. But uh, it seems like he would not be a minister to the you know to this day. If he didn't get, he, basically, he was riding in a car, weather was terrible, crossing a bridge, and a tractor trailer hits him. And they declared him dead, and he was sitting. He was in the car for like an hour and a half after he was declared dead. And somebody by chance convinced it was a reporter, I think, convinced the police officer, "Just let me check one more time." Mm. And he had a pulse, and he screamed, "Got a pulse!" <laughs> check it out. His last name is Piper. I'll, I'll send it to you guys. But I think it's a really good book in terms of what he experienced. Um, like I said, he became a minister, and now he's just evangelizing. I don't see how you could do anything other than to dedicate yourself to, <laughs> yeah. to, to Christ, right? Yeah. I know two people who experienced the afterlife, right? Personally, people I know with touch physically, right? So they had those experiences. They, I don't know if they were in heaven, but but that that girl, she when she died, uh, she said she saw her relatives. She saw the doctor who had died while they were treating her, and he had a heart attack that night. She didn't know that, and she saw her her uh, uncle who was killed in Iraq beheaded, and she didn't know he was beheaded. And she when she came back, she told her mother, "I saw what had happened to him." I'm very sorry, but it was big. And um, so that was uh, she's a lot of stories, but it was to her it was a, a big room with a lot of people, you know, mm -hmm. congregating, and she saw people that she people came up to her, right? people that <clears throat> and things that she experienced. She related back home and there's no way she would even know these things so yeah and then the other friend i told you about a couple weeks ago with the months ago with the, yeah, he died and god told him you had to pray the, 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 the lord's prayer and the hail mary right is he still all the time still doing oh yeah no, he's good, yeah, he's good. <laughs> so so anyway um yeah there's definitely uh what was that other, there was another movie heaven can wait right oh, yeah, yeah. i don't remember what that one was wasn't that a student series no well, you're thinking of what am I thinking of? <coughs> the girl, the British girl. Something about an angel. Touched by an angel. Touched by an angel. Okay. Yeah. Dating. So the guy from the. That must My parents liked that touched by an angel show. I don't <laughs> know. They must. It must have been pretty. Michael Landon. Yeah. But. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're thinking <coughs> Highway to Heaven. That was Michael Landon. Yeah. Highway <laughs> to Heaven, right? Oh, that's. Right. He was an angel. Was he, I was going to say he was he an was, angel. That's okay. right. Oh, that's funny. These these are old timey shows. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I never, obviously, I, I haven't had one of those near-death experiences, or if I did, it was when I was like, you know, a few weeks old. But, uh, but one time I had a dream, and, and, uh, and it felt like I was in heaven, and, uh, and the one thing that I remember from the dream was uh, being told that it's not what you think. And, and then going back to like the earthly existence and 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 uh, so that's one of the things that I frequently think about is uh, that you know life on earth here there's like a, a veil and there's a, there's kind of like a mystery and so when I think of heaven I think of finding out the truth you know finding out you know what really is going on here yeah that's that's one of those interesting ones. Are we really in the matrix? <laughs> <laughs> Take it back. Now, They're controlling us. Do you remember who <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to, it's kind of personal, so that's I don't funny. want to go into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, uh, but I, I have, you know, especially in times of trouble, I, my whole life, I, I have dreams of people who have passed all the time, like Grandma Palmer, died in 1985. Yep. And honestly, and, and, she, and the funny thing is, like, she never talks in these dreams, mm. but it's almost like <laughs> going through rough stuff and she's there. I just feel very comfortable. Yeah. I don't know what that is, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Is she coming out of heaven to say you're good? I don't know. Hopefully mm -hmm. I, I'll find out. But, you know, it's a, it's a positive thing. Uh, how are you doing there, Mark? I was just thinking about overall. <coughs> thinking of all and everything you're talking about. And we make decisions. And this is what the spiritual people have been telling me lately. You know, you make your decisions, you fail at things, you succeed at things, and here you are. But a lot of times it's just things that you didn't do that may come to haunt you or bother you. It's like the virgins there that didn't get the oil. And the thing is, you, you think about that, and it's like, oh, if, if I would have only selected that other path, maybe I would have been where I, I think I should be. Or it could have been much worse, you don't know. So you're making these decisions as you're going through life. And uh, it's things you did or didn't do. And, and they say, this is the church again, that a lot of times people, you know, as they get along in life and they're ready to pass on, or like Don said, they're, they're going to pass on, they, the things that they didn't do bother them more than things they did do. Because if you did do it and it was wrong or something, you could be forgiven for it or, or, or whatever. But if you didn't do something that you think you should have done, that, that, that may come to haunt you. But be that as it may, whatever it is, here you are in life. And Tom, I think what happens, he's talking about what happens, there's a particular judgment and a general judgment. And when you pass, that's how you know you pass, when you're face-to-face -face with Jesus. And it's like, that's how you, that's how you know. That's what they, they tell me. And then, and then you have a first death, and then a second death is at the general judgment when the world comes to an end. But, you know, knows when that'll be but that particular judgment that's it and and that's that's a whole lot there you know coming face to face with christ so uh mark you can you can be forgiven of things you didn't do and it's like you know it's, you you can and I, you can go to a priest and say i didn't do this and and mm -hmm. and then i can say you know i forgive you and and you know through the yeah. ministry of the church that's a great thing. Say, say that again. Yeah, I mean, you could go to confession and say, you know, I didn't, I, do, I, this. I didn't do this what I what I should have done. Yeah. And I felt guilty about it. Oh, yeah. Sin of omission, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have to. Uh, boy, wow, wow, wait, 
What is the date today? November what? How old you are you? Say it in the creed. It's the you say 11th. It. Just figure well, it out. It's 64 years old. Oh, no, you're 65. You say it in the creed. Making you say it. Yeah, there you Forgive me for what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault. Well, that's a good thing because then that'll ease my that'll ease my mind because I'm uptight and anxious. I have a lot of angst all the time. And I'm always wondering. But then, you know, whatever it is, God's will, your will, whatever, mm -hmm. here we are. And so then, you know, what's happened in the past, you have all that experience. And it's like, I have to live for today, so I better get this right and think it all the way through before I do something. And I'm just starting to do that now. I never really did that because I was always, you know, hurry, do, you got to do this, go to A, B, C, you know, all these things. And now it's like, I have to think more and think it all the way through, which I never did before. I never, I never thought <clears> things all the way through. I just did what I thought, you know, needed to be done. Maybe doing uh, at night. Maybe do an examination of conscience and then, and then go go to sleep and then live your life the next day yeah. after examining what you did the previous day. Yeah. And, and so that 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 that's what I'm coming to to reconcile with. It's like wherever whatever. This is life. This is this is where you are. You think you could have done this or should have done that or whatever, but but here you are. So when you think a lot, well, I, you know, I, I, I could have done a lot better or something like that, or things could have got a lot worse. Who, who, who knows? But but here we are, and, that, and that's a good point, Keith. That something that you know, I, I was thinking about that something that I didn't do, and like you know, I didn't reconcile with my brother like I should have. Away, and it haunts me the rest of my days. I should have taken that initiative, but I just didn't do that. And I don't know why, but I, sh I should have. And, and, and then, you know, it's too late now. So, you know, things, and, uh, and, and that's some of the things that I think about. And then Keith telling me, you know, he, he, he's the one who informed me that he, that, that he had passed on. And, and I, was, I was thinking that, you know, it, it was going to be my year during that pandemic to reconcile with him. And, you know, it just, it just came and went. So that's, uh, that's, that's one of the things. So, so things haunt me, you know, that, uh, I, I don't think, I just want to say, I don't think it's too late to reconcile yourself with him. He's, he's, he's right. You can ask him right now, right? Because, um, that's actually easier to get his reconciliation now than when he was alive. Pray to anybody. You might talk back, too. This is a good session. You can ask your father and your mother. You can ask her to pray for you. You can talk to her all the time. This I mean, is grand, groundbreaking for me. Just talk. Yeah, just say, look, wherever you are, whatever's going on. Okay. Boy, that's 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 good to know. Oh, definitely. Yeah, because I, I think a lot of times, you know, everything's closing. Like, you hear Keith, you hear you, and it's like, no, it, you, there, there's a way. There's still a way. There's still hope. That's very good. Wow, eleven eleven. This this is a good podcast for me. They're all good podcasts, but some are. This is an exceptional. You see the light. Well, things things bother me, and I hear you. Oh, I hear you talk, and then I and I 
Yeah. I have questions. Yeah, I mean, nobody feels guilty about anything because you can go to confession and you can get things right, and the devil's the accuser. So it's like, you know, we, if you feel like you're being accused of something, uh, and then examine your conscience. If, if you're actually guilty, then you can just go to confession and be forgiven. Yeah. And if you're, um, usually I would say that, I don't know, I feel like the devil will try to make you feel guilty about stuff that you shouldn't even feel guilty about also. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's why, you know, holiday season, because, you know, I, I don't have any relation now with my niece or nephew, nephews or anything, and, and it, you know, it was more or less like my brother blamed me for, for everything, <clears> so... I just, I just uh, took, took, took it, and uh, and so I'll, 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 I'll try that when I have some quiet time. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to them and, and see. You can even reconcile with them if you want. I mean, you can just write them a note and you just say, uh, tell them that you're sorry that you and your dad, whatever the situation, your dad and your and you didn't didn't see eye to eye, but uh, I'm sad about that, and I hope. That he forgives me, and I hope you forgive me too. I I, I miss you, and uh, I just want um, well, there you go. want there you, you go. know that I think about you. Sure. Yeah. And if you know, that's gonna hit them. It's gonna. I mean, it doesn't mean that you're gonna have a relationship with them, but they're gonna think think about it and say exactly. You know. They can't do anything but come away from that thinking better about you that you owned up to something, and that you. And it wasn't necessarily like you know that you did anything wrong or whatever. It was just a situation. Yeah. Was what it is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're victims of this too. Don't forget. I mean, it's it's, you know, it's crazy. So. Good to know, guys. I appreciate that. That's the uh, that, that, that you know I, I get that when I hear you guys talk, and then I, I formulate like a question. It's like, well, you know, I have this on my mind, and, and it comes out, and this wouldn't. Have that's why it's important to have these very good podcasts. Very excellent. Thank you guys for that. Group therapy. Well, it's it's oh, it's a realization. It you know, it's, it's it, it helps me in it, it helps me in my in my daily tasks. And then I I, I get strengthened from this. You know that, that instead of you know going on a sea and you know smoking blunts with the Muslim girl in the watts. No, because that's what they wanted to do yesterday, and I had to re- reject that. So I, I'm gonna get us. I'm gonna get us back on track. Over yeah, there. yeah, get, yeah, get us yeah. back. Yeah, get us back to the scripture. We don't want to be talking about uh, that so, kind of stuff. So, so um, there's two things here that. Uh, well, one that struck me anyway. So he's Christ is instructing us to stay awake, right? Which is interesting because even if all the twelve were awake, the six would have run out of fuel anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like I, because I, they because they didn't even have enough, right? Unless unless you know they had some other alternate source of light in that place, let's say, right? Um, so it's it's a matter of staying awake, but it's also a matter of being prepared. I don't know if that's if he's linking the two or what. I mean, I think it's the being prepared part. Uh, uh, so awake, he was using it fi- yeah, figuratively. figuratively. Oh, yeah, okay. because yeah, both the both versions were were asleep. You know, both. The, uh, well, I'm, oh, I'll, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so so um, figuratively, then. Yeah, that's right. I'll, I'm going to read this uh, uh, commentary. commentary. Yeah, 
says, the parable of the ten bridesmaids is the first time St. Matthew, oh, is the first of three St. Matthew records in chapter 25. Uh, it says ten, it says twelve here. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, it is ten. It is ten. Okay. Ten virgins. Let me uh, well. see here. Sorry. Okay. Um, the Messiah is Israel's bridegroom. The people of Israel are the bridesmaids. As the chosen people, they were given a special invitation to accompany the nuptial celebration. In the time of Christ and during the first wave of evangelization before 70 AD, the bridegroom arrives and through his passion, death, and resurrection consummates the promised communion between mankind and God. Many contemporary Jews recognize Christ's coming and accept him and enter into the joy of the kingdom, the wise bridemaid. Many others, however, reject him and they suffer exile after the Romans destroy Jerusalem, the foolish bridemaids. The wise bridemaids stand for those who not only believe in God's promise, the faith is symbolized by the lamp, but also strove to live a life of humility and virtue, of godly actions and good works, symbolized by the extra oil. Um, yeah, that's all I'll read from this. Like, I've heard this before, that the... Um, that the oil and the lamps symbolizes yeah, yeah, uh, faith yeah, and works, yeah, or, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I guess it's like a lively faith would be a better way to say it, that the oil is a lively faith. Yeah, just, just, uh, yeah. and, and that makes sense, yeah, kind of when I was talking about earlier with the, um, uh, you know, people who go to church on Sunday, but then, like, you know, don't yeah, live their faith yeah, uh, outside of there. They're like the foolish bridesmaids, because, you know, they're still bridesmaids, they're still, you know, you know, technically there, but uh, because they don't have that lively faith, they don't have the oil, they're, they're not prepared. And I also like the, like, you know, faith and works is kind of a hot-button issue with Protestants and, and Catholics, and, and uh, I regularly hear that, like, there's scripture that, goes, that you can use in either way, but I feel like uh, lively faith, that's something that both Protestants and Catholics agree on, it's just... For some reason, they argue over like the wording of stuff, because there is you know scripture verse where um, uh, I forget who says it. It might be Saint Paul, it might be Saint James, but it says something like you know faith without works is dead. So that's like you, know, you can have faith, but it could be a dead faith, kind of like these um, foolish bridesmaids, and uh, the dead faith is you know doesn't get you into heaven or, or get you know. Uh, Yes, the book of James. I don't know which chapter and verse it is. But what about the person who believes in Christ, follows Christ, asks for asks for forgiveness, and doesn't do one single deed according to what he taught us? I'm saved. I don't know. I'm just you know. I mean, I want to do that, but it doesn't make sense to me not to be that. I'm also interested in the opposite. Someone who has no faith, but they're so good. Yeah, that's right. So you get there. I just I just started reading stuff. I'm not thinking. I'm not I understand. Actually, the thing is, with those people, they have faith. They just don't know that they do their faith. Keith has talked about that. Keith has talked about that before. 
Actually, it's funny you brought back this other thing right. that, that I said. Remember, I said if I had terminal something or other, I would go into my. I would. Right. I actually thought I would go along this point and, and try to get some good works done, and I would like maybe this is all speculation. You know, I can I can mope. I could be a hundred kill myself. Who knows what it is? But the point is, is you have to have good start and good intention. Yeah. I could become a mercenary and go over to. Uh, to Palestine and try to convert somebody to become a Christian, you know, and I'll lose my life, right? Become a martyr. But, but you know, you become, you become a martyr anyway, you're going to die anyway. Yeah. Right? So why not, uh, you know, you might actually, you know, have more success with that. Say, what are you doing here? Well, I'm going to die anyway. I want to see, make sure you know Christ before I go. There's a, there's a non-profit called The Voice of Martyrs. I get their monthly magazine. Just Google them, you'll find them. Um, they basically go into, you name it, they go there to try to get people to, to learn about Christ and to know them. Yeah. And they, the they voice of martyrs. Get the voice of martyrs, I'm sure some do, yeah. Um, I think their website is persecution.com. Persecution.com, check that one out. Yeah, because there was, remember during the, the uh, time of ISIS and Al Qaeda and all that, there were definitely, definitely missionaries overseas who yeah. were murdered, right? Yeah. And I remember this one guy, Berg, his name was Berg, right? They recorded, they showed him on the thing with his head chopped off. Jesus. Um, there's a lot of examples of, of missionaries who, yeah. during the last 20 years, martyred, got martyred. Yeah. So so who knows? That's, uh, I don't know, it's pretty bizarre. Of course, I say I would do that if I was terminally ill. Why am I not doing it now? Because you have to have the kingdom to look forward to. I don't think, I don't think that God wants to do that. I, I don't know the answer. I'm not sure. The apostles, he asked them to do it, and they did it, and they lost their lives. And plenty of saints, too. Yeah, who were they, originally? Who, they were nobody, right? Uneducated fishermen, or whatever. Right. <laughs> Well, for, for the most part, yeah. You're educated. I think it helps that the people who Christ picked to be his apostles, I think it helps us when we're down and out more about different things, whether it be our profession or whatever's happening in life. I mean, look at them. Don't have time. Just go through the list of what they did. Like, if you were fishermen, the tax collector, etc. Just ordinary guys like we are. That kind of helps me. Fact that he picked twelve ordinary guys. Actually, there's a book, Twelve Ordinary Men. Is that what's called? Yeah, Twelve right. Ordinary Men. Yeah, you should probably read that one too. So, Me personally, I should read it. Who was the apostle that was was uh, relegated to Patmos? I think John. Was it John? Yeah, John the Evangelist or yeah. Saint John. Saint John. So is he any less? <laughs> Well, I, yeah. Any less of a saint because he's the only one that didn't get martyred, right? Yeah, that, I mean, that's what. <laughs> we can have I'm not a, sure he, if he was a white martyr. You don't have to be red. Pope John Paul told us that. A lot of white martyrs, that's fine. You know, everybody thinks they have to shed blood, not necessarily. So, St. Uh, St. John went to Pios with the Blessed Mother. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, that's, that's true. Mm -hmm. I, I actually have a few of those. That John, St. John the Evangelist, is different. Okay, I've heard Jimmy talk about this, but I don't think that's official church teaching that John the Apostle uh, was never martyred. It's thought that because of what's... Uh, but but um, that's not like a, a sure thing. Like, I, I, I think, actually, that all the apostles were martyred, in my opinion, but I don't know.
Because there is a part in um, the gospel where, where um, uh, I don't know. I don't want to get into it, but. Go ahead. Go ahead. Get into it. Uh, no, <laughs> you know, there's a part where uh, 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 James and John are like, oh, we want to sit at your right and your left. And mm-hmm. he's like, and he's like, you, know, you don't know what you're asking. And then, yeah. and then, and then he's like, can you drink the cup that I'll drink? And, he, and they're like, oh yeah. And then Jesus says, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink. And so, that, and like in that sense, that's Jesus telling them, you will indeed be, you know, martyred. That's true. And at James and John seventy, yeah, that's the the, the mother push back issue. Right. Waking up with the Jewish mother, I want one to sit at your left, I want one to sit at your right. And you know, Jesus said, "Can you drink from the cup?" So, but Jesus had the answers. You know, he either answered a question with a question, "Could you do that?" or "It's not mine to give; it's it's, it's God." So he diffuses the situation. So he's very, very. Uh, very adaptive to, to what to say and what to do. Yeah. And like you say, Keith, the, uh, you will drink from, 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 from the cup. You just might you not. I don't think they grasp the, the gravity of the situation here. Yeah, that's what they were really being asked. But then, you know, they eventually found out. And that's, that's what happened. So, wherever, wherever we are in life, that more and more thing you gotta you gotta look at the day and, and seize the day and that's that so I hear a lot of good conversation here a lot of, hear a lot of good points and it's uh, it's good to hear it's good it's good to have a voice of reason very good guys I think the the Protestants I, I could be wrong but I, they don't believe in necessarily having to do good works, right, Tom? Because they're, they figure they're saved already, right? That, that's yeah, that's their whole point. I mean, there's, once Christ died, well, there, There's a variety of you know, Protestant denominations. Some think that, some don't. And so, yeah, some are more, some actually, you know, they, they have a stereotype of Catholics where Catholics think, think, where they think that Catholics think you have to earn your way into heaven, where it's just the works. Uh, and then Catholics have a stereotype of Protestants oh. where they think, oh, it's just the faith. Uh, but oh. really, both of them have, a, it's, a, it's a both. Dominate. Yeah. And, I and, okay, and yeah, maybe I'm misrepresenting. That's why I was bringing it up. Okay. It's interesting how I just started reading stuff about uh, the Jewish faith, like Shabbat, and like the 613 things that if you follow that faith, you try to do those works. But what about the person who follows the Jewish faith where they do these 613 different things, but... They don't, a lot of them don't believe that Christ is the Messiah. So, knowing that our God is a loving God, I'm guessing he's going to say, yeah, come on in. Even though they didn't, they didn't believe in, in him as, the, as their Savior. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I, you know, God, yeah, you know, he cares about what's in our hearts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Not the legal, not like a legalist. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I just thought about, not just now, I've, I've thought about it before. Like, for some, I'm guessing some people of the Jewish faith, they follow their 613 mm-hmm. items, but they deny Christ? I don't know. Well, unless one of the, one of those items is, you believe in Christ as the Messiah. I didn't get to that one. <laughs> I didn't read them all. I doubt it. I doubt it. It's, it's a long list. What are they? Just things you have to do and believe? Yeah, just, yeah. 
do this, do, do that, don't do this, don't do that. 613 commandments or something? Yeah, like you have the Ten Commandments yeah, from... Because that's all they study is the first five books of the Bible. Right. Yeah. They don't look at anything else. I mean, maybe some of them do, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. There is, like, the, um, uh, the uh, objective, like, laws, like those rules, mm -hmm. like, you can think of them objectively, and then there's, like, the subjective kind of, like, relationship with God. Right. And it, it's good to have, you know, both of them, because sometimes uh, if you're just having the subjective uh, relationship, you can get off course a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, you, and, but, but uh, uh, yeah, having the objective helps you, you know, like, I think uh, one of the things is you got to test the spirits, and, and, and you're supposed to test the spirits against uh, things like the commandments and, and things that are known to be God's will. Maybe we have to push ourselves, like, more and more every day if we are ones who believe that Christ is our Savior and the fact that he's one of our best friends, maybe our best friend, and we talk to him every day. You know, if if we have such a good time with our faith in many different ways, maybe we should talk about it more with others. And maybe our, all of us, maybe we already do that. You know, but uh, just throwing it out there. <laughs> I'm guilty of it, of not doing it sometimes, but I probably should. Yeah. Although, one quick story. Um, the one meeting we had this past Tuesday on Election Day, um, the first workshop we went to, the administrator who ran it, and we don't want to do it, but we got into groups, and like different groups, not the same group the whole time during this one-hour presentation. And some of the groups I was in, I, they're like right out of college, some of these kids, like they're teachers. And a few of us older folks got into our faith in terms of yeah, the one story I gave them is about four or five years ago, our current principal, who was principal then, he got up in the auditorium and said, here's a, here's a little index card, put one item on here. And right away in my head it said, to do God's will. So it's on my little document camera, to do, just to remind me that that's why I'm here. I'm, I'm serving him to, to get to my kids. And, and I, that was one thing I said in one of the groups is, I'm teaching because I'm doing God's will. And you, you usually get stares, which is fine. Like, what did that guy just say? Yeah, I said it. I, I don't say that, but, but yeah, I think mainly the younger ones. Um, and one of my colleagues, where we've been teaching there for each 25 years, he wasn't sure what to do, but he actually brought up our faith. He said, yeah, yeah, I do this also because of my faith. So it was nice to hear from, but the younger ones look at you like you have three heads when you bring up your faith about, that's why I teach, but that's okay. And why not just be faithful to them? Kids, they're known, they're just... Um... They've been raised to kind of be non-controversial, like everything's accepted. They might You're be probably like right. neutral. These are early well, 20s kids, I, yeah, mid-20s. I, yeah. I was talking to my niece and her friend a few weeks ago, and I was asking, oh, how's middle school going? Mm -hmm. uh, they're in seventh grade, and, and they were telling me that someone came to their school and spoke about, um, uh, like, you know, someone who had previously had, I think, drug and alcohol problems, and they talked about how that ruined his life and, and, and stuff like that, and... And and you know basically telling kids to stay away from drugs and alcohol and and so I asked him I was like did he talk about God because like that's the first thing that came to my mind I was like oh uh, and 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 they're like uh, no and my and my sister was there my sister was like it's a public school Keith and I was like uh it doesn't uh, you know he still talked about God he was talking about like you know the same type of struggles that people yeah. like myself have been through where yeah. you, you know that you know God uh, is you know 
And in some cases, I would say the only person who can help uh, someone suffering from those types mm -hmm. of problems. They're, they're listening, though, I would say. That's, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? You have kids. Like it's, mm -hmm. you might not You're right. We have so many grandkids that they just don't react to anything people talk it's about. It's true, yeah. It's I guess because we're old. I guess. But I remember being younger. We would mix it up with older folks. Right? Yeah. Some folks we always did, yeah. Whatever. They, they just sit there. Yeah. But the, I'm telling you, they're taking it in. Yeah, they're doing it. I, just, I know. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You know, you know, they're they're just not they're conservative in terms of they don't want right. to do it. Oh, Tom, you're, I don't care about your faith. They just don't want to do that. Right. I'm not stereotyping. Yeah. Maybe if Katie goes, Katie is twenty. See twenty three now. Yes, yeah. yeah, I think she's twenty three because my Mary's twenty two. They're about the same age, and um, she's my only godchild, mm. and. She thanks me profusely every time Christmas comes along because ever since she was born, I've given her a gift for Christmas, and it's always faith based. <laughs> so I don't know how much of the how many of these things she's kept over the years, but I'll give her one, two, or three things. I mean, occasionally an Apple gift card or Amazon. Yeah, occasionally I'll throw those in there. But um, I hope I've planted the seed. But if she goes tomorrow, maybe she could be the one. Who brings it back to the other grandkids and maybe her friends at school? Who knows? You know, yeah. we'll see. See how it goes. So you two mixed it up when you were kids with the adults that we used. Oh, always. We 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 visit our relatives in Maple Shade for. It seemed like every weekend we went over there. Yeah. Did you actually talk to the adults? Oh yeah, yeah. we yeah. we conversed about it. Wasn't like, oh my god. Yeah. No. I don't know. Maybe it was just a different generational thing. Well, it must be your culture or. It was, yeah. My sister and I weren't like that. Well, Scott and I grew up in the same house as our grandma. Okay. It was like a generational thing. And then at some point, I forget how old we were, we moved two houses down, but we always saw her because she was only two houses down. Hmm. Yeah. I remember when our daughter was younger, how, how nosy she was <laughs> with what is, we were doing. This is not my sister and I weren't like that. We didn't, we're too busy being kids. Mm. Well, uh, should we should we end it yeah. now or fifty minutes? Yeah. Whatever you want. You're a leader. Okay. Very good. Thank, thank you. All right. Well, we'll it, go around for attention. So okay. okay. I just pray for you guys' health and well-being and a safe trip tomorrow. And uh, when you come into the holiday season, uh, enjoy it. Advent's right around the corner. So, um, uh, yeah, two things. One is I would like to pray for healing for some people here, including myself, whether it be mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, or any combination of those. And some of my colleagues who are going through a bunch of stuff that, that the Lord watch over them. And uh, especially to watch over my daughter, Sarah, uh, she and her husband are expecting their first child. And um, it's pretty close. Um, the, the due date is December 1st, but um, she had an appointment yesterday, and we can tell that it's, it's moving along. So that hopefully everything will go okay. I'd like to pray for um, my coworker Brian and his wife Rachel and their son who's going to be born in, in March. Uh, I'm also praying for my coworker uh, Peter and Harvey. And uh, uh, for Mark here, physical healing. Um, for my sister Jessica, her continued uh, uh, sobriety. And um, 
I guess we can go with what Connie here. Yeah, Connie has a scan Wednesday. Let's see how the uh, treatment went. Just we'll lift up myself and our son as we look for employment. Ask the Lord to bless Claire and Grace and their mom. And um, a couple of people I know who are struggling with cancer. Also, I'd like to pray for the Catholic Church. Um, ask, ask the Lord to get the, get the people who are not uh, following tradition and um, canon law, and just all those people who are in the, in the seat of power to get them um, have them turn away from. What is going to um, cause a lot of tumult in this in this world? So we ask it uh, to influence people more directly, to bring them to more holiness. That's it. Uh, I'd like to, to pray for a couple neighbors uh, of mine. Um, mother, daughter, both uh, physically disabled, lots of, lots of issues. Uh, just you know, pray that they they have the strength to get through every day. The Lord's struggling, and just whatever I can do, and my neighbors can do, uh, give us the strength and the ability to just help them. Um, I, I really like to pray for them. Hail Mary, full of grace. The, the Lord, Lord is with thee. Blessed, blessed art thou among women, and blessed, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Amen. and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.